Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre, Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Emma Callender. Hello, and welcome to the first Travcast of 2014. I should introduce myself before we go any further. I'm Emma Callender, new Associate Director of the Traverse Theatre, and I'm taking over from the brilliant Hamish Peary. So this is my opportunity to spend some time getting inside the minds of some of the fantastic Traverse writers. And this week we've got a bit of a special edition, as we're going to be joined by some brand new, super fresh writers from Class Act, as well as the professional writers that have been provoking and inspiring these young voices to get their first plays performed on the epic stage of the Travis One. These performances will be happening this evening. First, I'll be talking with Class Act writers Alex McIntosh, Alistair Clark, and Josie Bage from Trinity Academy. Then I'm going to be joined by the rather impressive lineup by of the writers who have been supporting these new voices, Steph Smith, Nicola McCartney, and Peter Arnott. So hello, Alex and Alistair and Josie. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah good, excellent. Thanks. So I wanted to ask you first how Class Act works. Uh, it's a school programme where uh, playwrights from the in- sort of, I think it's British... Uh, community uh, sort of come into our schools and encourage us and teach us how to write plays. And how long have these writers been with you? Uh, about six months, so we started in last September probably, so around that. Great, and who was the writer that you had coming to join you? Uh, we had Steph Smith come to, come to us. Fantastic. So you've all written some pretty fantastic plays that I've been reading today and I'm looking forward to seeing on the Traverse stage this evening. Mm, I you. just wanted to hear a little bit more about them. So, um, Alex, I wanted to start with you, if that's all right. That's so fine. you've written a play called Bella Horrida Bella. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit more about what it's about? Um, it's a story that's set initially within the First World War and slowly throughout it you realise that the characters, Henry and George aren't who they initially were. One turns out to be uh, sort of a mental patient sort of suffering with some kind of mental insanity. And um, he's just imagining that he's in the First World War and it's uh, uh, the other character's sort of job to try and bring him out of it and sort of has a little twist at the end and things like that. It's really great the way that you reveal that story as well because at the very beginning you have no real idea about what's happening <laughs> and then bit by bit it becomes more clear. So I want to ask a bit more about the title, Bella Horrida Bella. Where did that come from? Um, in my childhood, I played a game called Rome Total War, and it kind of, in the loading screen, it had um, <laughs> tit- uh, sort of little quotations, and uh, the title came from that. So it's just a nice little kind of link back to my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and is this the first play that you've ever written? Yes, I think so. Great. Are you excited about seeing it this evening? Uh sort of mixed emotions, excited and a little bit nervous about how it'll be received. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so Alistair, you've written a play called Smoke and Mirrors. It's quite an intriguing title. Tell us more about it. Um, it's basically just an extended awkward dinner scene between a couple. There's Anna, who's in her 40s and quite a successful businesswoman, and her much younger boyfriend, Ruben, who's in his 20s. And it's basically about um, Anna's had an abortion and she's never wanted to have kids, and Ruben's found out about it, and he confronts her about it, and through the course of the 
play it, the tension between them sort of escalates and it, it's just about what they decide to do with the relationship from there. So that's, yeah, that's basically the plot of it. Wow. I wanted to find out where that idea came from because I'm always <laughs> intrigued about writers and where these ideas start. The idea actually came from, I was watching an episode of House of Cards, the American remake of it, and mm -hmm. Robin Wright's character in it, um, it was revealed on an episode. It was quite an insignificant plot point, but um, in the relationship they decided to never have children and she was asked by a doctor when she was going for treatment if she'd ever had any abortions. And I think she responded with three. I think she said about three. And it was just, it was the way she said it, it was so nonchalant, like it wasn't a big deal to her at all. And I found the concept really interesting in that it was a relationship where the two of them had completely decided what they wanted to do. And they seemed to be, in a sense, happy with that. And I just thought it was a really interesting idea to explore. It's made, it's made for a really uh, tense scene as well, you can, you. as soon as I read that piece, I could just see that scene in front of me and how awkward and terrible it was. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You Thanks. caught the drama really well. Thank you very much. Really, really well. And Josie, your piece is very different. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, called it's Turbulence. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Um, yeah, it's about a very playful and lively young boy called Jordan who is actually quite naive when he's young and he really wants it. He's obsessed with playing with paper planes and the idea of taking flight. And uh, he, when he grows up, he's kind of very affected by his mum's view and she's quite harsh with him. And then he, he loses, she teaches him about kind of her view on the cruel ways of the world and that really affects him and the rest of his life. And throughout the play, when he grows up, he, he changes quite a lot but wants to get back to what he had when he was little and take flight. And then I think he goes back to it at the end when he sees a small boy like him doing mm. the same thing. It's beautiful the way that you've used the three scenes during your play as well yeah. because the character just ages. Yeah. So it would be a great challenge to see an actor play yeah. that age at different um, yeah. through the different scenes. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it this mm. evening. Where did the idea come from for your play then? Um, well, it was, it was a really small idea and it changed a lot because it was in the very beginning of class act when we were doing workshops to do with you were given one word or a couple of words and you had to think of a play based around that so coming from something really small and it started off um as just a mum and a son and she was quite um traumatized by his dad's death and she was really harsh with him and he took it quite hard so it came from that and then he was playing with a paper plane and then it just took off from there so <laughs> literally off, yeah uh, love, love, love a good yeah. <laughs> brilliant and so, Alex, I just want to ask as well about, other than the title, coming from the computer game, mm -hmm. where your story came from. Um, in the English class, uh, where most of the writing has taken place, uh, sort of just behind the door, there's a picture for a play, which I believe was performed at the Lyceum, but it's, uh, it's a young man uh, sort of with a helmet on from the First World War year, and that kind of inspired me to sort of write about the First World War. Um, and sort of lacking an ending, I turned to a friend who uh, suggested that I just make the character, one of the characters, sort of insane, and that it's all an illusion within his mind. <laughs> it's really great hearing the different places that each of these ideas have come from. They're mm -hmm. all so different, and they've led to really, really different pieces. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask how old you all are, because you're writing some really mature plays. How old are you? Uh, I'm 17. Mm -hmm. I'm also 17, yeah. Uh, I'm 18 now. Great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, Steph Smith was the playwright that yep. came and worked with you. 
um, it would just <coughs> be great to hear about the kinds of things that you might have learnt from her or different ideas that she might have given through her time of working on Class Act with you. Uh, it, was, it was really good working with Steph, actually. I mean, when we first started off, we did a lot of exercises on uh, how the story develops like, and how a, a simple line of dialogue can dramatically change the mood or, yeah, it was actually with Steph, it was a lot of focus on dialogue. There was very little emphasis on stage directions. We were actually encouraging her writing her plays to have like the very, very bare minimum to make it focused completely on dialogue. So it was a really interesting mm. perspective, actually, for us all to come out with our plays. So. Mm. There's a focus on conflict as well. That sort of, I think that's what Steph advised us all to do, like just have a, a sort of a single point of conflict, which sort of you can get behind and then develop further, sort of adding in these different twists or different more conflict if necessary so I think and that was that's something. really clear in all of your pieces mm. you've all approached that in a completely different way as well is there anything else um, I was just going to say more about the when she was mainly focused on dialogue and it was really interesting doing that because I'm quite descriptive when I write I like I really like to kind of put in a lot of detail and it was really hard to just do that in dialogue so it was a completely different thing to I think mm. what most of us had ever done and um, I think she said something about show, not tell. Mm -hmm. So you have to put your description and point across in the dialogue, which was a really difficult thing to do. <laughs> but you've done really but well. Yeah, <laughs> cool, <Nice>. thank you. <laughs> I was just wanting to talk about the future as well. So if these are the first plays that you've written, then what are the plans? Do you, would you like to continue writing plays? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it was a really nice opportunity, especially with the payoff at the end, like actually getting to see it performed. I mean, it's a, it's a really good opportunity, actually. I mean... Very few of us, if we ever consider writing a play, it would probably just remain as a word document or whatever. But it just—it's going to be really nice to see it on stage. And I think for some of us, we would like to continue doing that. I mean, I want to be a primary teacher, so I don't know if that's <laughs> going to be in that line of work. But it's—it's it's a nice idea, actually. Yeah. Um. Well, I my dream is to be an author. So yeah, I definitely want to keep doing it. But I—I've never written a play before, so. It was really interesting to try something different because I've tried loads of things and didn't quite know, I still don't quite know what my favourite is, but I really enjoyed the play, so I'll probably do more, yeah. Uh, sadly, the same case as Alistair, uh, I, I want to go into the police force, so I don't think um, English is, well, it's important, but I don't think uh, playwriting uh, is sort of a necessary requirement as such for joining the police, but... Um, no, I've enjoyed it, and it was a rewarding experience, but I think if I do decide to write anything in the future, it will sort of remain a Word document. So tonight you're going to see your plays performed on the Traverse One stage, which is something that many writers just dream of. So um, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, initially I was quite concerned because the age difference between Anna and Ruben is quite so drastic, but... Um, Seeing Scott and Molly just doing the read-through on Tuesday, it was incredible because they do just fit the characters so perfectly and they have like a genuine, they have a genuine chemistry as well. So I'm really excited to see it staged as stuff. So. I'm so excited. I mean, because I want to be an author, I'm just, it's an amazing opportunity. So I'm so glad that our school gave us the chance to do it. And uh, I think we've got some interesting things to do with the stage setup and the actors are all perfect. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just honoured, really, to, to have the opportunity again. Thank you for letting Trinity do this. But uh, I think the way that it, the cast is all being chosen has been a fantastic job. Sort of everything that I was looking for in my characters has been portrayed exactly how I imagined it. So credit to everyone involved and uh, especially Cinevo. 
brilliant. That was a good credit at the end. Cinnava Ramsey has been incredible at putting this class act together mm. this year. She's been wonderful. Yeah, she yeah. has. Very good. Amazing. So, break a leg. Best of luck for this evening. Thank, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. So it's a little later now and I'm joined by the rather impressive lineup of writers who have been supporting the new voices of Class Act this year. Steph Smith, Nicola McCartney and Peter Arnett. I'm going to do a short introduction to each of the writers for those of you who may not know. So Nicola McCartney is one of Scotland's most established playwrights, not only as a writer but also as a facilitator, a lecturer and a general inspiration to new writers. Um, Nicola is originally from Belfast and her major works have been Heritage and Lifeboat. And her new play, Rough Island, is going to open in this season at Play Pine a Pint at Oran Moor. We also have Steph Smith, who's one of Scotland's most exciting new writers, um, who shot to fame with her first play, Roadkill, that she created uh, with the director Cora Bissett. And it gained acclaim across the board, including winning an Olivier Award. So Steph has... Uh, often experiments with form and collaboration and her most recent play was Cured at Glasgow in October of last year. And finally we have Peter Arnott who's one of Scotland's most cherished playwrights. Peter's major works include White Rose and Breathing House and he most recently had the wonderful Janice Joplin Full Tilt on Oran Moor. So hello everyone, how are you? Fine, thank hello. you. Very good. Um, so the three of you have all had quite different experiences in terms of the length of time that you've been working on the Class Act project. So I'd like to start with Nicola and hear some of the history of the project. Okay, well, um, I think this year Class Act is 23 years old. I think that's correct. And I've been working on Class Act as a playwright tutor since 1997. So for 16 years, I've done six, 16 of them now. Wow. Uh, well, 15, because it was a year we didn't do one. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done it in Russia as well as in Scotland, um, both in Glasgow and in Edinburgh. And Class Act has sort of four underlying principles. Um, it was established because this is the home of new writing in Scotland mm -hmm. to seek new playwrights, really young. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of its first principle. The second principle was to develop new audiences for theatre for the future, and I think it really has successfully done that because, you know, we have students whose work was performed last night coming back again this evening mm -hmm. to see uh, the work of other schools uh, from the school that I was working in from Wester Hills. They're they're coming back again tonight. They love last night so much. So, uh, the third principle is to do more with social and personal development for the young people involved. So it's it's about interacting with each other, about self-expression, and about working in a group. Um, and lastly, and this is only anecdotal, we've never studied it, but apparently it has quite a positive effect on learning as well, that mm. young people engage more with literacy, and also they, they kind of want to be in class, and more as a direct result of doing this project. And as I say, that's purely anecdotal. <laughs> so those are kind of the four underpinning principles of the project and it's a really marvellous thing which is why I've kind of kept doing it as often as I could. Yeah. So, yeah. Well you'll be glad to hear that the, uh, the pupils that we had in here before from Trinity Academy who were incredibly eloquent about their work were perfect examples of everything mm. that you've just spoken about. They were so enthusiastic and uh, I think they felt a real sense of um, uh, appreciation think of yeah. being taken so seriously and having their work performed on a stage like Travis one yeah 
I think also it reflects the process that playwrights who are commissioned by this theatre, you know, the way that we're treated here has always been with great respect and that the playwrights are taken through a very caring developmental process here and given given quite a lot of status within the room and get quite a lot of say with things and and that's kind of the way the young people are treated on this project too. So, you know, they're being validated, hopefully validated all the time by the actors, the director and of course by us when we, when we go into the schools and that's a really important thing I think when you're a young person that to know your voice is being heard and that you're being taken seriously. Yeah, it really is. Um, for those who are listening, you'll hear bumps and things in the background and that's because we've got the performance being prepared as we're recording. So the green room is next door, so the things that you can hear is the actors getting their dinner ready, <laughs> which we thought was fair enough. Mm-hmm. So Steph, this is your second year of doing the project and what was it that brought you back? Sure, I think um, last year I was certainly really inspired by the young people that I worked with. Um, It was a real joy to watch them sort of come out of their creative shells, so to speak, and to go on that journey with them to find their creative voice and to allow freedom within the classroom, which I think took a lot of them by surprise, actually, that they could kind of do whatever they wanted, Um, which particularly both years I've worked with Advanced Higher English, so they're very studious kids and, you know, very academic usually and so it was it's a real joy to give them that space for two three hours a week where they can have ownership over entire ownership over what they're doing um, and I found that a real joy last year so I you know as soon as I got asked back I said yes in a heartbeat it was really great mm. was there a difference between the two schools that you worked at each year as well um, yes in so much that they're all individuals um, I think there there are differences within both of this within the schooling of which both of them are having but um I would, I'm reluctant to peg that down into anything too specific. Um, but no, I find them really inspiring to be around and, uh, and just to watch them come up with ideas and, and how they work together so naturally and, and they, were, they weren't precious and they were so keen to share. Um, it was really inspiring to be around. Mm-hmm. So Peter, this is your first year on the project. Absolutely. L- well, lots of surprises. I mean, for one thing, they were much more confident and articulate than I was expecting. I mean, I, I maybe made this maybe partly a social thing. Um, that the last time I did um, work with young people was it was young people who were rather more uh, socially and educationally and in every way deprived um, and therefore there was a very different route towards creativity mm. and with this one it was more I'm going in there as a kind of natural rebel you're going, you're going into the school <laughs> and saying well okay, no I'm, I'm, the school isn't on your side really and the, you know, and the, you, and the, you have to have to watch theatres as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so basically, the, 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 for me, the the key um, thing was to um, was to say this 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 is a room in which you can be writers, in which you can um, think about those things. And of course, you're thinking about you. Know, it's again high, high, uh, advanced higher English um, students, a lot of them. So they have portfolios and all kinds of things they're thinking about, and university entrance and things for their CVs and all that kind of stuff. And they think, well, yes, that's all very nice, but actually, what really matters, um, or what this can give you an opportunity to have something matter in a different way, have something matter to you. Um, in its own terms, and the, which is why Nicholas' word, word "respect" is so important, is because people are used to being respected within systems. They're used to being respected under a certain description of worthwhile activity. Mm-hmm. And the thing about writing plays is there has to be an element of it. Of course, it's social. Of course, it involves actors, and of course, it involves theatres and its work and its all the commerce and all these kind of things. But the but the relationship between an individual and a page. Is all is completely about um, finding your 
your own value, finding your own way to value yourself and that, that, and that something comes out. And mm -hmm. dr the dramatic form happens to be, I think, um, and it's maybe because I've been doing it for a while, um, <laughs> it happens to have some basic carpentry, which is more teachable, I think, than writing poems, and, or more teachable than writing prose. Uh, I may be wrong about that. Maybe people who are better at poems and prose than I am would, tell you, would say differently. But I think that dr drama's got some carpentry, and you can say, look, here's the tools. Actually, this is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. And, and um, at different educational levels um, and, uh, of, and of different expectations, different cultures. I mean, you know, I've worked in Istanbul. I've worked in recently in Malaysia doing this, and, and it's exactly it's doing exactly the same things. Yeah. And it's very interesting. That, that, that there's, uh, and again, different, different mm -hmm. circumstances, but actually there's something fundamental about the whole process, which is very human and very valuable, I think. <laughs> Were there any challenges that you faced as you went along? Uh, challenges? Yes. Um, I think my, my known nervousness was probably one challenge. <laughs> um, and that to overcome... Uh, partly it's being, you're, you're partly sitting in a staff room before and all the staff are looking at you. <laughs> and you're, you're sitting there and wondering, and they're wondering who you are and what on earth you're doing there. Um, <laughs> and you begin to wonder the same thing yourself. You can't help it. Um, and <laughs> and also because they're so bright, because and and, and so expectant, you, you you absolutely have to deliver. That mm -hmm. you've got two hours with these um, young people, and you don't let them down. You absolutely can't let them down. So part of it, especially early on, is putting on the right performance yeah. for them, which means which which means that shows that you're confident and you're happy, even if you aren't, mm -hmm. even if you're acting. Um, and that hopefully opens up a space for them to act themselves. Um, and we, we did quite a lot of acting, well, and people acting out each other's scripts and stuff uh, bef uh, before the before we, the actors got hold of it, mm -hmm. um, because the writers have to play all the parts first. I, that's my philosophy. <laughs> Fantastic, Nicola. I wanted to um, I wanted to ask over the years that you've been working on Class Act, is there any um, changes that you've seen just in the kind of themes or the styles that the young people are writing in? Um, I wouldn't say there there are major changes. Um, I think that the world over, you get, uh, whether you're doing it in Russia, because I've done this project in Russia and here, there are, the diversity is amazing, because what you're doing is, as Steph and Peter have both said, is you're, you're trying to help an individual unlock, uh, unlock their own voice and their mm -hmm. own creativity and, and tell their own story. And, and so there's a huge amount of diversity in that, and that, that's a crucial thing about Class Act. Of course, you do get certain typical plays, so there's always the love dodecahedron plays. There's a kind of school of plays that are all about, you know, um, he's going out with her and she's going out with her and, you know, who's going to win, uh -huh. um, and really complicated kind of love stories. Um, so you always get a kind of batch of plays like that. Um, I think one of the things that, that, that slightly broke my heart last night watching um, Class Act was the, the young people under a great deal of pressure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the plays last night were about aspiration mm -hmm. and about not letting their parents down, mm -hmm. feeling quite under pressure to be something and achieve something. And, and, and I think that's really reflective of what we as a society are doing to our young people these days because jobs are few, university is not necessarily accessible to as many people any longer and it's not a guarantee of a job and I, I find that slightly heartbreaking mm. that that sense of, of pressure of, to achieve um, was uh, and, and feeling that they're letting down the generation coming before them was just, just a little bit heartbreaking to me last night mm -hmm. so uh, yeah mm. I think you're inevitably going to get a snapshot of what people feel like I, I, I'm, 
Uh, I think one, one of the encouraging things for, uh, with my group at Craigmount uh, School was the amount of fantasy that went on, mm-hmm. was, the, was, the, was the amount of dreaming that was going on. Um, but maybe you dream because the re- real life is a little unbearable, but there was quite a lot of comedy and quite a lot of, of um, well, you know, spaceships. Well, one spaceship, <laughs> to be honest. Those are always the best place. Oh, well, one, well, one spaceship with a, with, a, with a rogue computer. Where have I heard that before? But still, it's good. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love this sense of getting, um, getting plays that are given by writers that have never sat in a room with a designer before yeah. Yeah. or with a director before or with a cast before because mm. they have none of the cynicism mm. at all. Absolutely. They can just create whatever they want to I think it's something to be kept isn't it yeah definitely challenge us (laughs) Um, Steph are there any stories that you've got of class act writers kind of going on to write more in the theatre or study yeah certainly um, one of uh, my fellow um, ex-students of Queen Margaret University um, took part in class act and um, her mentor was Linda McLean and that would have been about maybe about 15 years ago probably mm. right in the early days and mm. she went and uh, went on the course that I went on which was drama and theatre arts and specialised in playwriting so and right. she and she said herself that it was quintessential to her gaining an interest in writing gaining an interest in theatre so mm. that's something really special for her as well so fantastic mm. it's just incredible that this project has been going for so many years personally mm. when I found out about it or what five six years ago I was amazed that the continuity had been so strong and it feels like this year it's just as strong as it ever has yeah. been it's there's no sign of it waning at all and i'm sure we're going to feel it in the traverse tonight when you have all of that expectation of the young people seeing their shows done for the first time on trav one stage which is really exciting isn't it fantastic well thank you so much for coming to join me today and enjoy this evening's performance thank you We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.